You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. This is Locked On Hornets, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can find the show on Twitter and most social media platforms. At Locked On Hornets, you can find myself on Twitter at Walker Mail and Doug on Twitter at Doug Branson LOH. Got some player of evals to get to. Somebody had surgery successfully for the Hornets, so good job for that particular player. It's a yeah, tease. go doctor. It's it's a it's a it's a tease. It's yeah, a good tease. it is a good tease. And we'll also talk a little bit about the NBA playoffs. And there's a lot of little interesting news bits going on in the NBA. Not enough to carry a whole segment, but just a couple of things to hit on. So maybe we'll just find ourselves hitting on those a couple times today. Some, some delicious spicy nuggets. Yeah, but not like the whole chicken. Mm. Just a couple of nuggets. Not strips. We're talking, yeah. Not even nuggets. strips, right. Not even big enough to be strips. Just, They're a, not, th- just a three pack of nuggets. Yeah. And maybe you have to order enough for that to serve as a segment, to serve as your A block fire, to serve as your dinner. Just a couple of nuggets that will drop for you here and there. But let's get to the player eval, as we always do for the A block fire. It's going to be Miles Bridges today. Rookie. The Rook. Now coming into a second year. Sky Miles. I came up with that, by the way. Miles was destined to be a Hornet, it feels like, though, right? Like, we can go back to 2017, and Miles was expected to be a lottery pick in that draft, but decided to stay in school and make a run at a national championship. That didn't go so well for Michigan State. If you're wondering, I'm not upset that uh, several broadcasters stole Sky Miles from me. Uh, I'm definitely not bitter about it, but I did come up with it. He had a ton of hype coming out of high school as well. Miles Bridges, I can remember watching a game very early in the season, not first game. I don't even know if it was the ACC Big Ten Challenge in 2017, but Miles Bridges was getting a lot of coverage, and I believe they lost to Duke, but Miles Bridges was a beast even then. So he does return for his sophomore season, and that was a surprise. And before he even returned for a sophomore year, though, before he actually made that decision, there was a lot of people mocking him to the Charlotte Hornets, and that was the number one player, at least to me, I felt like who was getting mocked to the Charlotte Hornets. You know, maybe a little shout out. I would have appreciated that for sure. I mean, I did put it all over our Twitter account, which has over 3,000 followers. It's not a ton. It's not 10,000, but it is 3,000. I mean, I'm sure someone, someone from the team saw it at some point. And so now he's here. Now Miles Bridges is playing with the Charlotte Hornets, and you can look at some of the stats that he's accumulated. He developed into a nice three-point shooter from the corner at 40% according to Cleaning the Glass, but was just 30% everywhere else from distance. And I'll tell you why I didn't make a big deal about it at the time. We're still on this bit. Okay. And I'm not really making a big deal about it now because I don't (laughs) do it. I don't do all of this here on this show and on Twitter. I don't do it for the fame. I don't do it for the fortune, even though I'm filthy rich because of this show. I do it because of the fans, because of you. What do you want from me? Do you want my approval? I tried to ignore it. I tried to move this thing along. Do you want my approval? This was a long-served bit that you just played. It wouldn't hurt. It wouldn't hurt if you just acknowledged that Sky Miles was a great nickname. It was. It was a great nickname. Everybody gave you your just due. I feel like you did actually get some play on Twitter when other people were saying Sky Miles. I feel like you were the guy. I guess it wasn't enough. What I don't think I'd it was like enough from credit. you and others is a formal <laughs> apology for not giving me enough. Do- I don't want just do. What is enough? I want. I want more than do. I, I want, want double do. I want to talk about Sky Miles. Triple do even. 
I want to talk about your boy. Quadruple do. Sky Miles. <laughs> it's good. God almighty. It's not as good as technophality. <laughs> oh man. I need I'm a, still thinking about that. The the ability you have to feel yourself after any given take or anything that you say as far as a nickname, <laughs> where we get that maybe every other show yeah. where you'll have a take that you feel yourself on and have to stop the entire show. The show cannot go on. Mm-hmm. Unless you make it aware to everybody that you said something very good. Just imagine what it's like to be producer Katie. Which, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> that sounds awful. That's all she heard about the other night was technophality. Well, I'm sure it is. And even just conversations in everyday life. You'll come up with things because that's the kind of guy you are. You'll come up with different things here and there, and you'll make sure that we get it. And in part, it does ruin the joke. You understand the way that a joke is explained every once in a while, it ruins it to a certain degree. If you let it simmer, it would be a lot better. I'm just trying to help you out. And I, I mean, I continue to find it hilarious, so it obviously <laughs> hasn't ruined the joke for me. Can we get back to your boy? Can we talk about him on the basketball court a little Sky bit? Sky Miles. All right. So you look at cleaning the glass, and you look at his shot chart. Love cleaning the glass. Big cleaning the glass guy. It's <laughs> <God>, <laughs> unbelievable. I've tried. 30% from everywhere else beyond the three-point line, except for the corner. So, Miles, a big corner three guy and a big dunker. Big, big Sky Miles Big corner guy. three guy. That's what Miles has given you. He's already a good rebounder, like I said, specifically offensive rebounder. He's going to be, I think, a really good team defender. Probably a better-than-average ISO defender with you know give and take here and there. To me, the separation between him being a good-slash-really-good player to an all-star will be the ability to say, okay, Miles, here's the basketball. Now go make a damn play. Because he's an all-star. I feel like that ultimately comes down to ball handling. I love that that's cut up, by the way. I feel like that ultimately comes down to ball handling, pretty much decision-making, and even hitting tough shots. And we'll see how much those skills develop over the next couple of seasons. But to me, that's the separation to Miles because I already think he's going to be good. I already think he's going to be a very good team basketball player. It's, here's the basketball, go get me a bucket, have the handles to do it, have the decision-making to do it, and also just developing over time the ability to hit those tough shots. It's that sort of ISO ability that we see out of guys like Tobias Harris and, to a larger extent, Blake Griffin. Which is probably a pretty good body comp for Miles Bridges. To to body comp. I I don't know what you're going for there. Tobias, to body. (laughs) You should have stopped at Sky Miles for the credit. Okay, wow, all right. I, I, I put a downer on that one. I just want some analysis from you, Doug. What do you think about Miles Bridges? Do you like him as a basketball player? What do you think? Tell me what else is going on besides weird things that you're trying to make funny. No, I I was trying to do that. I was giving you (laughs) comps for what he could be if he was ultimately going to be an all-star. I think you're dead on. I think he has to have some kind of playmaking ability. And I'll tell you what. He's going to get that opportunity, especially if if the Hornets are not able to make a deal with Kemba Walker, and they trend how we think they're going to trend in a post-Kemba Walker world, like we're not going to leave the Miles Bridges era here in Charlotte and not know for a fact whether or not he could be a star in this league. We're going to know definitively the answer to that question because he will get the opportunity. I'm so interested to see how the usage percentage is divvied up between all of the players in a post-Kemba Walker world. 
where we have all of these young guys where I'm not interested at all in seeing the record. The record's not going to be good. Of course, it's why you rebuild. You go along the tanking process. But I want to see what the usage percentage looks like for a guy like Miles Bridges compared to a Dwayne Bacon and compared to a Malik Monk who I would think is still going to be on this team unless they trade him and they use him as a bargaining chip for a bigger trade that's beyond the worth of himself. If Malik Monk is still on this team, those are the three guys I would love to see how the usage percentage is divvied up. Other than Tony Parker, according to Cleaning the Glass, there was no other player on this Charlotte Hornets roster that was within 10 percentage points of Kimba Walker's usage percentage, which was at 33.3%. Tony Parker's at 291 Jeremy Lamb, the next below that at 21.9. All according to Cleaning the Glass, correct? CTG, my favorite website. And Nick Batum is... I don't is, know why I said it like that. I'm sorry. It was G. It was OG. I was going to let that slide. <laughs> it's not... I, right. Maybe not G. I'm sorry. It was Yeah, it was... Man, I was just going to let it slide. Lowercase G. Again, we'll try again. So you look at Nick Batum's usage rate. It's gone way down the last couple of seasons, even here. And according to CTG, again, as you mentioned, not even 10 percentage points within Kimba. So all of this time with the basketball in their hands, I would love to see what these guys are going to do. Oh, Miles, I, I don't even know if Miles knows what the hell to do with it. Oh, wait, I, get, I missed one. I'm sorry. Malik Monk was at 23.7, but you really can't count that because he did not see significant makes rotation sense. time. Makes sense, too. Like, I'm not surprised to hear that stat, I guess, now that I think about it. But you're right. I don't know if you can count it a whole lot. Yeah, you put Malik Monk on the floor to, to do a couple of things, and one of them is to touch the basketball. <laughs> and, and hopefully, hopefully make a basket from beyond the arc. And maybe... Maybe even make a couple of passes here and there. It's but like right. me. If you toss it to me, you know, you're looking for me to do a couple of things. And one of them is make a joke. Yeah, my usage percentage is pretty high today. <laughs> you've you've been giving me <laughs> I mean like you've been giving me some jokes here and there, but I'm I'm pretty much the one dribbling the basketball quite a bit. I'm dribbling the air out of it right now. And now I don't have anybody else to pass it to because it's a two-man show. And you're not used to that, right? In pickup, you are not the you are not the primary ball handler, right? Uh, uh, you yeah. are the Miles Bridges could rookie handle here. It. I have a point forward kind of. Like, oh, I, okay. I could handle it a little bit. Okay, I was all right. You gave it to me down in the post, and I was doing work on. That's it. A, that's what I've always heard you you're brag right. about. Yeah, I mean, post work is what I was good at. I was a really good passer. I was just a good ball player. Man, man. Period. Are you in your car a lot? Driving to work, driving the kids around. If you have a smart device in your car, and more and more of you do now. Tell your smart device to play Locked On Hornets. Don't fumble around with your phone and Bluetooth. Just say play Locked On Hornets and make drive time LOH time. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back more with Doug Jokes. Hopefully, maybe a little bit more at a lesser level. We'll try to do it here again. LOH Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked On Hornets. Charlotte, How strong is an ox? Are we? I think we're overrating the ox. Uh, we are I, not overrating the I ox. Need to see, I need mm. to see some medicals on the ox. Yeah, why don't you do the research on that? You put your lab glasses on. You take a look at it. I wonder if there's mouth. anything on the internet. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. One other thing I really want to get to about Miles Bridges... I decided to go to break. I felt like we could use a restart. But I did want to say, just overall, looking at Miles Bridges' rookie season, I do feel you have to think that Miles Bridges is the second best rookie that we've had on this team, at least that you feel good about, since Kimba Walker. 
You go back to 2011, and Kimball Walker, who was their second first-round draft pick, by the way, you failed at Bismack Biombo. Then you get Kimball Walker the second go-around in the first round. And thank God he actually developed about his fourth year in the league, something like that. He started to shoot very well from behind the three-point line, and Kimba turned into a three-time All-Star and now possibly an All-NBA player. But every other player that you've drafted after their rookie season, there's nobody that you feel as good about like Miles Bridges after his rookie season. Not Malik Monk, who I thought was going to be the player. Loved Malik Monk. Coming into the Charlotte Hornets organization, my favorite player to watch at Kentucky, thought that was going to be the guy that you say, here's the basketball, go make a damn play for us. Because right now, we only have Kimba that has that type of ability, and I thought Malik Monk was going to be that guy. And sure enough, after his rookie season, you did not feel good about him anymore. You certainly don't feel good about him after two years. You can't go back to Cody Zeller, who has been good. And I told you yesterday, I find quite a bit of value in Cody Zeller when he's at least healthy. But he's not, and you can't feel good about Cody Zeller like you do about Miles Bridges after his rookie season. You know, you can't go to MKG, who was the second overall selection. You can't go to any of these guys. And I think that alone, with the nice sprinkles on top, with Dwayne Bacon and Devontae Graham actually providing a little bit more value than what they were selected at in the draft, Miles Bridges has given you that player where he has met the value. I think he's met the expectations and even in my eyes surpassed him and has to be the second best rookie prospect that you've seen with this team since Kimba Walker was drafted by the franchise. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on just a minute. Sam Vecini has a new NBA mock draft on the athletic right now. Mock draft 3.0 post early entry deadline edition. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, it's it's unreal. It's unreal. In deep analysis, wanting your opinion on Miles Bridges to give me something, anything on Miles Bridges, it gets met with the 3.0. Is this the third Sam Vecini one we've done? Have we done all three versions? Mocked on Hornets. <laughs> Find us on Twitter at Mocked on Hornets. Mocked on Hornets. Find us on most social media platforms at Mocked on Hornets. God almighty. So the thing thing, is, you know, what's worse about this real quickly before you get into this. The thing is, I'm such a sucker for him. Like, I want him. I want to know. I can't go beyond what you say until we have the selection. Like, I I can't just take it all back and actually go about the next subject and try to act like a professional. It reels me in. I want to know the selection. Well, see, I appreciate your desire to dig in deep on players like Cody Zeller, Michael Kidd Gilchrist, Marvin Williams. <laughs> but right now, I'm in love with some names like Darius Garland, who has moved his way up on this mock draft to number four overall. Whoa. Freshman out of Vanderbilt. Huge move there. How about DeAndre Hunter falling out a little bit to number six? I'll keep on falling, DeAndre. Kobe White at eight. I know we saw him at four in the Bleacher Report. I don't know. I'm getting them all mixed up now. But uh, Kobe <laughs> I, White back I, I down to eight. You. Easy come, easy go. Am I right, Kobe? And then we go all the way down to number 12 where the Charlotte Hornets right now are slotted. We know they could move up. But right now, just for mock draft's sake, they are at number 12. And they are taking Jackson Hayes, 6'11 center, freshman out of Texas. And we've seen this one before. This Fine, is, yeah, finally, this we're is our some first repeats. repeat player. Jackson Hayes would be a nice player. I would like Jackson Hayes. Six foot eleven center, big wingspan, seven foot four, 
uh, would be, uh, let's see, Vicini calls him a Stephen Adams and Clint Capella starter kid. Mm, all right. So if that just really gets your your britches <laughs> in a bind. It does. Oh, man, yeah. I don't know why the Hornets would make that selection because it se- that seems like a selection that you would make if you really feel like you could be in contention in a couple of years. But if you're a team that's going to go on a serious rebuild, I don't know why you don't swing for the fences a little bit and try to – at least get a player with a little bit higher ceiling than Jackson Hayes. Well, you saw Rick Bennell's article in the Charlotte Observer where he interviewed Jay Billis, and apparently, as we all kind of knew heading into this draft, but Jay Billis just reiterated that it was going to be an extremely weak one after you get outside of, I don't even know what he said, it's like the top five, certainly after Zion even, after Zion, even John Morant, who seems like a lot of fun, R.J. Barrett is a highly regarded guy, after you get past those, it doesn't look like it's going to be all that deep of a draft. And that's something we talked about. So that's what I'm saying. Like, why not just take a swing for the fences? Why not be... Is, Ro- is Langford the swing for the fence guy that's around there? Because really, that's the first name that pops off the top totally. of Totally. He's down to 16 in this mock draft. I'm, I'm right there with you with Langford. Or even Bull Bull. I know he's slipping in drafts right now, but why not take sort of the big question mark, the physical freak? I mean, be like Milwaukee in 2013 when they selected Giannis at 15. A lot of people were scratching their heads. There, were, there wasn't a lot of great tape on Giannis at the time. And, and they, you know, obviously are <laughs> doing all right. It's... <laughs> It's the Michael Porter Jr. question that we had last year. Did you want to take a risk with the guy that has a ton of upside that would have been a top five pick if if healthy, but certainly was not healthy at all, and he was going to miss his rookie season? Now Denver, who's in a much better situation to take a risk like that with all the talent that they had. And remember, we're just a game out of the playoffs last year. They lost to the Minnesota Timberwolves the very last game of the regular season. And so they decide to take Michael Porter Jr. But that's the kind of question that you have. It's And we'll ask that again. We'll find our players. It'll be the bowl bowls of the world. Do you want to take a player who has an injury history but has a ton of talent, has a ton of upside, or do you want to take somebody that might not have as much upside but is a little bit healthier heading into his NBA career? Well, how about this? Nick Claxton mocked right now to 26 for the Cleveland Cla- too many Claxton. Too many Cleveland Claxton. Too many Claxton. Speedy's there. at point guard. This guy's at try that small again. forward. I'm down for a team of Claxtons. Let me try that again. How about Nick Claxton right now mocked by Sam Vecini here in the Athletic to number 26 to the Cleveland. Nah, I couldn't do it. All right. Nick Claxton. What? Did he you is try coming- Cleveland Cavaliers again? I tried it, and I should have just gone Cavaliers. I see my mistake now. Anyway, Nick Claxton is going CLs. to be in Charlotte for their first draft workout, for the Hornets' first draft workout. So could this be an indication, Walker, (laughs) that the Hornets may be thinking about trading back? Rumor season! (laughs) Also, one thing real quickly, Jackson Hayes would be a nice draft pick in my eyes as well because you need the big man depth, and Bismack Biombo doesn't provide it, as he showed you here at the end of this season. And speaking of Bismack Biombo, he did undergo successful left knee surgery yesterday. It was knee surgery of the arthroscopic kind to address chronic issues in his left knee. So Bismack Biombo. Just giving you an update that it was successful. Always good when the surgery is successful. And that answers the tease. The also tantalizing tease at the beginning of this show. We appreciate you staying tuned. Nick Claxton to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Nailed it. (laughs) We're coming to you from the Gettimer.com studios in Uptown Charlotte. If you're in sales and need help, visit Gettimer.com today to learn how they can help you do the one thing you want to do. And that's make more sales. We'll give you our NBA playoff takes next.
You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. I saw one horror Christmas film in my entire life, at least that I can think of, and it was for film class, and it was about an evil Santa Claus. So it was like Krampus. It actually was Santa Claus with uh, Tim Allen. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Big news in the shoe game. Have you seen this? Well, you are an OG, as you just demonstrated not too long ago. I would love to hear. Lowercase g. So apparently, Michael Jordan is doing a shoe auction, and he has designed a pair of Michael Air Jordans to sell online. HornetsJordanAuction.com. This is part of the Charlotte Hornets Foundation. All proceeds from the auction, and apparently there will be a raffle as well to benefit the foundation, but uh, we'll, we'll put the link in the show notes. But yeah, he designed these shoes. They're not bad looking shoes. I'm not a shoe aficionado. I'm no David Walker, but I would wear. They're they're sort of the retro ones. They've got a star on them. They they're obviously taking cues from the logo for the 2019 uh, NBA All Star game that was in Charlotte. Uh, so it's you know Michael Jordan designing shoes. Yeah, and he is a very good designer of clothes as well, right? Like this is somebody that you know is all too fashionable out there in the world. Not really known for that. <laughs> Especially the jeans. We can go to the jeans, and Michael Jordan has always sported a good pair of jeans. So when you look at Michael Jordan, what he should do with the Charlotte Hornets, trying to segue here a little bit. Segway. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, with Miles Bridges and company, who's been the theme of this podcast, it will be interesting, again, to see exactly how they decide to go about things next season in what seems to be a post-Kimba Walker world. How much would you pay? Like, what's the maximum amount of money that you would pay for a pair of shoes? Oh, I have, I don't know. Not much. I'm not the big, I, like, I think love of the greatest, some of the shoes that I Think of the greatest pair of shoes that you could think of. Well, at, the Concords are always big. People love the Concords. Um, I for, th- There's the other style of shoe that I really like and even better than the Concords. I just forget the name of them. But if they were, I don't know, I'd, I'd spend... Over a hundred, like hundred twenty five, hundred fifty, and that's not enough to buy some of the shoes that are being what they're being sold for. Okay, what if I told you the shoes could allow you to fly? They oh, could I, literally give you the power of flight. How much money would you would you spend on those shoes? I, I, I wouldn't have enough. I, I don't have enough money to my name right now, but I would spend a lot. I'm saying I, three, I can't give you a number. I'm saying three fifty max. <laughs> yeah. I think you got to be reasonable with your money here. But think about it: if you can control your flight, then you're playing in the NBA and making a lot more money. No, and so it's a good no, investment. They would immediately outlaw those. So it's now, Adam not, Silver's not allowing so these aren't shoes the, in the league. So these aren't the like Mike shoes that only you know about? I'm not talking about magic shoes, Walker. Get your head out of the clouds. I'm talking about science here. Let's talk about the NBA playoffs. Milwaukee destroyed Boston to even the series last night. Destroyed them. Yeah, how are those Celtics that you were, oh yeah, the Celtics, they're, they're, they've got a stranglehold on the Eastern Conference playoffs. Here they come. They were 5-0 <laughs> and o at the time. Get out of here. Is this another time where you stop the show dead in its track to give yourself a pat on the back? Is this another saying, time you did that again? Yesterday, I just I asked a, a team in Does this your Eastern back Conference. Hurt from patting yourself on the back so often? How do you even do actually, it so it often? Actually, it feels great. It's like giving myself a massage every single day. You give it to yourself constantly. It's unbelievable how many times you do it. You're right, though. The Boston Celtics did get destroyed by the Milwaukee Bucks. 
Giannis Atenacumpo has 29 points to lead all scorers. Chris Middleton goes for 27 or 28 points. Seven three-pointers, 28 points. A lot of three-pointers from Chris Middleton. It was reminiscent of the All-Star game that he played here in Charlotte where he could not miss a damn three-pointer once he played. I think it was the first half where he went on a roll. So now you have the Boston Celtics and Milwaukee Bucks heading back to Boston. You have the Philadelphia 76ers and Toronto Raptors heading back to Philly. Both of those series tied at one game apiece. Interesting stuff out here in the Eastern Conference, kind of coming to fruition. Thought both of these series would be close. Thought Milwaukee would eventually win. Thought Toronto would eventually win. Still don't think any differently, but we have a good series in each of those. All these teams in the East right now are just tripping over themselves on their way to the slaughterhouse. <laughs> I mean, go. I mean, look at the Golden State two zero right now against the Rockets. I mean, they're just a, they're they're making things happen. They don't need they don't need Steph on the court to make it happen. They do need. James Harden to lose an eyeball, but I'm just saying this is this is Golden State's to lose. Yeah, it it probably is. Uh, no love for Milwaukee or Toronto if they get up against Golden State. The problem is all of these Eastern Conference teams have one amazing player, and then they just cannot find anyone else to step up See, and be the Scottie Pippen to the Michael Jordan. We, we talked about this on air the other day. Toronto's got. I love one. when you. By the way, I love when you say that I say something that happened on the radio because it makes me feel special. It makes me feel like I could do it. No, one day. You, yeah, you can. Maybe one day, <laughs> <laughs> if if you work real hard. Thanks, Pod Dad. Pascal Siakam has been a Scotty Pippen to Kawhi Leonard. Uh, Pascal's good, man. Legitimately good. In the playoffs after the regular season, I guess you're right that he's not Scotty Pippen. He's he's not as good as Scotty Pippen. I mean, for Pascal's what, I mean, really good. How about we? How about he does it over a couple of series? I mean, we oh, one but, series all well, of a sudden, well, Pascal Siakam. But wait, he did do it. You against know, All Star. Is this not a second series? Is this not a second series? He's done it in a second series. I think Pascal is one one. I think it's good. If they were two two, I'd see your point. But they're one one. <laughs> I think he's good enough to where the Toronto Raptors. How do you do in that loss? Can hurt against Golden State. Nine for twenty five. I think something like that. Wow, inefficient. Not crazy inefficient. Pascal Siakam is fine. And your boy Kyle Lowry, I can't bring him up because you'll always bring up doofy turnovers. (laughs) The doofy turnovers. The problem in that game was that Toronto got one field goal from Danny Green. They got one from Serge Ibaka. I think they got like one from Norman Powell, maybe zero from Fred Van Vliet. It was everybody else who didn't show up. Everybody else gave him one field goal, and it was just the big three for Toronto showing up. Marcus Saul gave him one field goal. They need to give him more field goals than just those two guys, and three guys, I should say, including Kyle Lowry and Pascal Siakam with a Kawhi Leonard. Real quickly, going back to that Golden State series, yeah, you have a crazy stat implemented from Tom Haberstroh here in the rundown. No one has more dunks this postseason than Andre Iguodala. And Doug, I do have an Andre Iguodala take. Please. Out of all the takes I expected to have today, <laughs> did not expect to have an, an Iggy, Iggy take. take. Yeah, awesome. Didn't expect that. But here's my Iggy take. Andre Iguodala has been phenomenal in this postseason. You look at the last three games, I think he's had something like 14, 16 a couple times, and he's been double digits. You mentioned the dunks. He's getting to the rim fairly easily, and also just with the help of Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, corralling a whole bunch of attention and then just passing it to Andre Iguodala. Doesn't hurt. You go back to all of the finals appearances that Golden State has accumulated over the past couple of seasons. Andre Iguodala has been a plus-minus monster. Every single time that you would look in the box score, Andre Iguodala would always have the best plus minus of any member of that Golden State team. And I understand plus minus is not the end all be all of stats. In fact, it's it's misconstrued quite a bit. But if you consistently 
are a leader in plus minus among all of the players that you play with, then at some point there has to be some credence to that. And so the way that they've managed Andre Iguodala during the regular season, sitting him out a little bit, maybe he got hurt, I think, a little bit this regular season, but Iguodala is balling right now in the postseason. I think Iguodala averaged like 5.7 points in the regular season. Right now he's averaging over 10. Iggy has been a huge component to that team. And now that he's getting it going here in the postseason once again, really balling against the Houston Rockets and did so in the last game against the Clippers, you know, that that guy is extremely important because they don't have to bench like they did a couple of years ago. And so when you have a plus-minus monster, when you don't have all that deep of a bench, when Iggy is showing up as a veteran player again, yeah, that's big for Golden State. And it just might make your point even more so true because now that Iggy's balling again alongside a KD, alongside a Steph Curry, who hasn't had the greatest of postseasons, but he's still been good enough to hurt you, it, that's that's good enough for me to say, yeah, it's still Golden State's to lose. So Iguodala, 68 games this season, third most since he joined Golden State and, and certainly above average, and he started 13 games this season as well. In the uh, first series against uh, the Clippers, he averaged 10 points, 3.8 rebounds, 4.7 assists. In the two games against Houston, 15 points, 4.5 yeah. rebounds, three assists. So what is it? Wasn't it like 5.7 points in the regular season, something like that? Yeah, it's not good. And he's shooting 76.2 percent from the field. Yeah, that's not bad. Houston, 18 dunks will help you do that. <laughs> I just wonder, like, I know this is beside the point. I'm going to move from this we don't have, we intriguing, don't have locked on Iguodala talk. <laughs> yes, but I just really wonder what kind of value Draymond Green and and uh, Clay Thompson are going to command in the in the free market when whenever they get to the free market because yeah are we they? know yeah I mean that's what that's the thing or, or will Golden State lock them up after Kevin Durant moves on if Kevin's gone then you, you sign these guys and no but maybe problem. they don't maybe they're maybe if they win the championship this season maybe both of those players would want to go and see see it all seems that the chemistry issues though stem from KD his relationship with Draymond and Draymond I can see Draymond staying but I can also see Clay going you know I've done this this has been fun Let's go see if it's fun elsewhere. Well, and this is kind of on a lesser degree what Harrison Barnes was dealt with. You know, this is, Harrison Barnes could have been the fourth best player or once KD came about. I don't even know if they had enough money to pay Harrison Barnes. So maybe not. Uh, maybe he didn't have that decision to stay with Golden State. But Harrison Barnes had to leave and be the guy with the Dallas Mavericks, or at least be a better guy than just the fourth option on a team that continued to win the championship. And I have no problem with basketball players going to see if they can be the number one guy on some teams. But I think Klay Thompson, I, I think he stays if Kevin Durant leaves, but you're right. I th And I think Klay Thompson would get a ton of money. I'm I telling you, people people underestimate the, hey, I've done this, I'd like to do something yeah, else factor sure. because they think, oh man, you know, you're having so much fun winning championships, but you're, all, you're making a lot of money. But I think you, people underestimate that with Kimball Walker. Hey, I've been the man, I've done this, I've been the number one guy, I've had the ball a lot. But I haven't won. I'd like to go do something different. I think that's a factor that people underestimate. All right. Thanks for listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Local Mocked, Angle, the Mocked On Podcast Network. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Iggy. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Locked On Hornets. Also, make sure you check us out on the Himalaya Podcast app. Every single one of Doug's jokes, if you listen to them on the Himalaya Podcast app, they sound just that much funnier. Appreciate you joining us once again. We'll talk to you tomorrow.